So we are continuing Pirkei Avos, chapter 1, Mishnah 17. Shimon Beno Omer. Shimon, his son, says, this Shimon is the son of Rabbi Gamliel Hazakain, and he was killed by the Romans during the period of the destruction of the Second Temple. Um, apparently, uh, Shimon, the son of Rabbi Gamliel, uh, was a big, big uh, Rav, a big uh, wise person, and um, anyways, this is, uh, this is, his father was the great Rabbi Gamliel. And he said, All my days I was raised among the Chachamim. The only thing that I found good for the body is being quiet, silence. Which is a very interesting statement. It's a, a little bit hard to know exactly what he means. Because he does not simply say, um, you know, the best characteristic is being silence. He says, I have found nothing better for a person's body than being silent. So it's a, it needs a lot of explanation. We'll talk about that. And it's not the exposition, the expounding, that is the main thing. The most important thing is the doing. So it's also interesting, is there a connection between th those two thoughts, that being silent is the best thing for a person, and that the main thing is not philosophical postulating and theorizing, but rather the doing. And then lastly, and anybody who increases words, he brings about sin. So that sounds like a person who talks excessively. A person who talks excessively brings about sin. So Shimon is saying, and we'll start with the first statement now, that all the days I grew up or I was raised between wise people, I found that the best thing for a person is being quiet. And so the commentary says that the life experience of Shimon is that the wise men taught him that one who is quiet, at least he appears intelligent. <laughs> Doesn't you know? It's kind of an interesting uh, way to understand his set his sentence, but it seems like Rashi says that, and it's specifically if he is quick to respond to people rather than silently hearing them out, he is bound to speak foolishly. So, either Rashi means that we should at least give people the false impression that we're intelligent, or hopefully what Rashi means is that if a person is quick to respond even if what he's saying is intelligent, people might not take it so seriously because it does not look like he gave it thought. And at the end of the day, a human being processing uh, before talking is a very big indicator as to the level of depth or meaning that his words will have. So that's Rashi's explanation. Now, I would like to kind of you know, chime in to Rashi's statement by pointing out that maybe there's another explanation of saying all my days I was raised among wise people. Maybe what he means to say is as the Pirkei Elvis teaches us in other places is that a wise person is someone who learns from everyone. And so the way that you learn from everyone is by listening to what they have to say. And then you can actually realize, you know what? People do have intelligent ideas if we really are able to listen to their point of view. And 
for that person, everybody is a wise person because everybody has something to teach. And by carefully paying attention to what other people are saying, we really do gain a tremendous amount of wisdom and you will be able to see the at least intelligent aspects of all people. All people have what to teach. And apparently that's a very good uh, practice in life. Now, neither of these explanations speak to the question of that the, the rabbis say it's good for the body rather than it's a good idea, it's a good behavior, right? Like the, the explanation could have just been, I mean, the, the statement could have just been, um, umatsasi tov mishtika, right? I don't know of anything better than silence. Why is it tov leguf? So I would like to, again, just give a, an explanation of my uh, my own because I don't really see it um, addressed. And that is that one of the reasons that it's so difficult to stay quiet uh, in many situations is because a person feels their sense of self when they're talking. When a person is talking, they, they feel their existence. They feel like actualized or that they matter, you know, that somebody might be hearing them. So therefore, like they're significant. And that kind of attachment that a person has to needing to be heard or needing to be seen, needing to be noticed, you know, making noise in the world is not really the way to get control of our physical bodies. Because what happens is, is that we become more self-centered and more in touch with our, whether it's arrogance or importance. And that actually gives person license to saying that they're important and they can, you know, kind of do what they want because it affirms the importance of their existence. When a person can be truly comfortable with silence, that means that they recognize that their value is different than what other people are necessarily hearing or noticing. So another way to say it is the best thing for my body is staying off of Twitter and Facebook. That's literally another way of saying it. Now, why would that be best for my body instead of just a general good social practice? The answer is because if I don't need that kind of validation from other people noticing me, liking me, friending me, tweeting me, uh, following me, all those, you know, uh, modern words that we have for recognition. So then I'm valuing a higher part of myself than just the way that, you know, I think other people think of me. And that's actually better for my body because that will mean that I'll be able to put my passions and temptations for self um, indulgence to the side. So that's a suggestion that uh, I want to make to understand that. It's a, it's a hard expression. I've never really fully understood it, but at least uh, that's my suggestion for today. Now, it's also interesting that the way that this statement is said, it's not just that the best thing for a person is to be quiet. No, I grew up where I was raised among very wise people. And the best thing that I found is to be quiet. And so now when we put those two halves of the statement together, what it's really saying is, A, the best recipe for a person's body is A, to be quiet, but also to be able, therefore, to learn from other people, because when we can learn from other people, for example, why they lived a long life, or how they live a more effective life, or how they 
you know, accomplish more in life. That is good for a person's body because it puts the right focus on priorities and, you know, doing things that are useful and meaningful in life rather than, you know, how to make a quick buck and go on a good vacation. So that, I would say, is the first half of the Mishnah. You have to listen to all the wise people. The way to do that is by being quiet. When you do that, that whole process is actually going to be very health-inducing for a person. Okay, now the second half of the Mishnah. Now, I think that this is also a very um, connected statement, even though it doesn't sound like it from the outset. And what he's saying is that the theorizing is not the most important thing. The philosophical you know, postulations are not the most important thing, but actually the doing. Because what does happen very often for people who are, let's say, becoming mindful, right? People who are now finding that inner quiet, that inner peace that he just, you know, spoke about and being able to be, let's say, an observer in the world, they can retreat into themselves and not necessarily participate well in the world. And they can get lost in the shall we say, the mantras of Hinduism or the, you know, the guru on the mountaintop in India and not really be involved in the practical world because now they're achieving this like inner Zen. And therefore, Shimon follows up what he's saying is, no, you learn the wisdom from the people, but your focus has to be that you take all that wisdom, you take all that self-control over body and you put it into action. You know, you can have questions about things, you can think deeply about things, but you got to come to a decision, you have to come to an action plan, and then you have to implement it through the action. So even though being quiet and having control over oneself does allow a person to really learn a lot and think a lot, the focus has to be, okay, but what are we doing with all that wisdom? Not enough to just, you know, have that quiet and thinking. And then... He says, very often what could happen is that people can confuse speaking with doing, uh, which is a concept that we've spoken about before. And so therefore he concludes, a person who increases in words, you know, who talks successively brings on sin. So there are examples of this that we're going to talk about in a moment. So let's just tie it together to our, our what, we're, what we're saying. When we get convinced that we need to put things into action, a lot of people will think, okay, well, the action that I need to do is like to teach other people my wisdom. I think I'll have a podcast. One of the Yeshiva Bachman told me recently that, um, you know, he was listening. I, I think it's okay for me to say he was listening to Jordan Peterson and he used to be blown away by Jordan Peterson. And like he thought everything is like, wow, I can't believe it. Well, now he thinks Jordan Peterson has nothing new to say. <laughs> So he stopped listening to him because, you know, like, uh, you know, it's like the same thing over and over. He's got, he's got nothing new to add. And he said, it just doesn't make any sense for people to have a podcast because, you know, eventually it's just not interesting anymore because it's the same thing repeated again and again. To which I said, the Torah is infinite. <laughs> okay. So if we're learning Torah and we're talking about Torah, so that will always have new things. But you're right in general. And uh, now, of course, the, the other argument would be current events. Well, there are new current events, except for the fact that, as we know, there's very little new under the sun. Uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't say, you know, current. I'm not saying that. But uh, even there, as we know, very often the news cycle is um, 
repetitive and trying to catch our attention to the same things again and again and again and again. And there really is nothing new, but hey, it's another day. We have to write another article and have another broadcast. So I think he's actually made a very good point. Uh, but I think that for our purposes, because wisdom is really infinite and because thinking um, can always be refined and, um, you know, that there's new vistas of things to understand, we have to make sure that we don't get lost in the thought, that we implement it into, into action, but that also we don't just talk about doing, we actually do the doing. So therefore, we can get used to the idea that just talking about things is as though we did them. And we spoke about this idea when we said that a wicked person says a lot and even a little he doesn't do. Whereas a righteous person says a little and does a lot. So the wicked person says a lot and doesn't even do a little because he confuses the doing with the with the speaking. Well, I, I said I'm going to give a million dollars. So like it's like I gave a million dollars. You know, like I said I was going to do that. So, hey, I did that. And a lot of people really do get deluded into that. Um, but another great example is, you know, I belong to a gym which has nothing to do with, you know, if, if I, I'm actually exercising, right? So it's a similar idea. And I think that, again, when a person gets very involved in the thinking and they begin to have ideas, they can get confused with just talking about the ideas or actually bringing them into real life situations. And so therefore, now, why does it bring sin? So for our purposes, we're going to say it brings sin because really not being productive is always a recipe for sin because when a person is not productive they're unfulfilled and when they're unfulfilled they look for ways to you know sensitize themselves to their own pleasure or to escape from the responsibility of the things that they know that they need to do and so very often they go down the path of sin so that's the way we're explaining the mission according to our understanding i do want to mention that um there are other explanations to the mishnah and i would recommend that you read uh, some of the commentaries here, they're, they're pretty different in this case uh, from what we were talking about. And so specifically this last statement, and one who talks successively brings on sin, they bring the example of the snake in the Garden of Eden and Chava. The snake said to the Garden of uh, to Chava, is it true that God said you cannot touch from the fruit of this tree of the tree of knowledge? To which Chava says, yes. Even touching it is a problem, not only eating it, and then the snake pushes her into the tree and she sees, hey, nothing happened to me when I just touched the tree. So therefore, now it became a question about eating from the fruit to which God said that um, explicitly. So that's a very kind of different approach to what we're talking about, about words bringing a person into sin. There, we were talking about <coughs> taking thoughts and speaking them and not implementing things into action and being unproductive. And what the commentary here is talking about is that when you do excessive words, you make excessive fences, you kind of move away from the truth. So then the truth becomes obfuscated and it becomes difficult to know what's true. And that can lead to bad decisions or sins. Okay, that's just um, another way to understand the end of the Mishnah. Questions or comments for now before we move to a Devar Torah? Yes, Ethan. How is this balanced with um, those that are dedicated to study, right? Like. I guess for, for many, it's a period of time in their life. It's not their entire life, but for, for some, it is their entire life is, is study, which is that focus on theory, not necessarily that. Where, where does that focus on theory then translate into action? Oh, yeah, that's a very important question. One of my, uh, one of my pet peeve questions. <laughs> um, so we don't 
uh, subscribe to the idea that a person's life should be only study. We think that all study needs to be done with the intention of either teaching or implementing action. Teaching would also be a form of action, helping other people to understand then them to do action, as opposed to maybe me doing so many more actions. So the idea that exists in the world, whether it's the right wing religious world or anybody else's mind, that the goal of Torah Judaism is for a person to spend all day in front of a book is in my opinion, incorrect. Even if they're you know learning, that's what I mean by a book, learning Torah. Um, it's only if that Torah study is yielding a positive impact, not only in the spiritual realms of I'm doing a mitzvah called uh, Torah study, it's actually that it needs to be making a positive impact in the world, such as eventually I'm gonna use that wisdom that I'm studying to teach other people. The teaching can happen through writing, it can happen by example, it could happen formally, informally, but it has to be that it's yielding a positive impact in the world. Now, one of the other ways that it can happen is that I become much more effective and capable and motivated to do various uh, good deeds. Um, plus I do them at a higher level and that can also be inspirational to me and to other people. So that would be the way that uh, we understand that lo hamidrash hu ha'ikar el Now, a lot of people have a mistaken notion that what happens in yeshiva is a lot of theorizing over things that don't really matter. Uh, you know, the bull damaged this bull or, you know, laws of ritual purity and impurity. What does that have to do with the world today? But the real answer to that question is that when Torah is studied properly, A, there's always practical applications, even if they're not so obvious. And B, very, very importantly, even before the practical applications, is that a person's mind becomes clarified and becomes capable of much more discernment and correct truth seeking. So even if in this, let's say, piece of Gemara, um, I'm not sure yet, based on this piece of Gemara, how to live my life differently, one thing that's very much happening no matter what is a rigorous thinking process that's helping me understand how to live the rest of my life in a better way. That's like the bare minimum of what needs to be happening. Part of my pet peeve is that in order for that to happen, a person has to be really thinking. They can't just be reading other people's ideas. They need to be evaluating the ideas for themselves, asking themselves what bothers them about these ideas, what their answers are, and really very much in the pursuit of deeper questions and deeper understanding in order for it to actually train the mind in that regard. All right. Anybody else have a question or comment? to comment about the quietness of the mind. From my experience, when you are mind is quiet, two things happen. You start a process of healing the body and um, also taking moments of quiet, which we are more energized so we can do your work more effectively. So Joseph is pointing out that the, the, the silence, specifically for the body, when a person is really has a quieter mind, the body starts healing. Uh, my understanding of that is that we hopefully are de-stressing and stress is very unhealthy for the body. That's certainly true. Something my father has, you know, often, uh, you know, told people, I've heard him say it many, many times that, you know, you know, okay, you know, I, I understand that you're a doctor and you know, it's good, but you understand stressing out your, 
your wife or your children, that's also very damaging physically, right? So yeah, so definitely finding quiet and being able to be quiet in the mind, calm, uh, can help a person's body. And then secondarily, Joseph is saying, when you have that kind of mind uh, equilibrium, it's easier to become more effective because you're, you're thinking more effectively. And so therefore you can actually act, uh, you know, more correctly or more effectively as well. Yes? Okay, awesome. We'll stop here, continue the next mission next time and go to Adverta Torah.